Welcome to episode 109 of the Jambase Podcast, a proud partner of the Osiris Media Network, the podcast network for music. Great Beyond, a podcast mostly focused on Goose, is the latest addition to the Osiris family, and I highly suggest checking it out. On this episode, Green Sky Bluegrass Dobro is to Anders Beck, and mandolinist Paul Hoffman returned to the Jambase Podcast for the first time since 2019. Green Sky Bluegrass have an amazing new studio album entitled Stress Dreams coming out tomorrow, Friday, January 21st, via 30 Tigers. Stay tuned for my chat with Paul and Anders after a few words about this episode's sponsor. This episode is sponsored by SiriusXM. Watch a replay of Fish live from the 9th Cube special New Year's Eve concert presented by SiriusXM's Fish Radio. SiriusXM subscribers can relive the one-of-a-kind live stream or experience it for the first time exclusively on the SiriusXM app, available now through March 1st. No car required. After you finish listening to this jam-based podcast episode, you can tune in to SiriusXM Fish Radio to hear musical highlights with behind-the-scenes commentary about the historic performance. Fish Radio is available to SiriusXM subscribers on their phone and connected devices at home, including Fire TV, Apple TV, Amazon Alexa, Google Home, Android TVs, and much more with the SiriusXM app. The unprecedented viewing event took place in the wake of the postponement of Fish's traditional New Year's Eve run at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Instead, the band performed on December 31st without an audience, but with full arena production. SiriusXM generously underwrote production costs to make the Fish Live from the Ninth Cube livestream free and to contribute to Fish's mission of bringing their community together to support those in need. The three-set Fish Live from the Ninth Cube livestream marked the first time Fish had included a dialogue with their fans during a show through social media comments and requests, which were viewable by the band while they performed. The show is part of Fish's Dinner in a Movie series, where the band provides a variety of recipes that fans make and then post photos of their results. New Year's Eve's lemon-themed recipes included guitarist Trey Anastasio's instructions for making lemonade when you get handed lemons. The Dinner in a Movie series has raised money through the band's Water Wheel Foundation to help nonprofits around the country and beyond. The Water Wheel Foundation raised over $300,000 from fan donations for six nonprofits close to the Fish community on New Year's Eve, bringing the total monies raised during the pandemic to over $1.2 million. Additional donations can be made at any time at fish.com waterwheel. Jambase podcast listeners who sign up for a new SiriusXM subscription will get three months of the SiriusXM app, SiriusXM standalone streaming service, for free. Visit SiriusXM.com slash streamfish for offer details. Don't miss your chance to watch Fish live from the Ninth Cube special New Year's Eve concert presented by SiriusXM's Fish Radio, exclusively on the SiriusXM app, now through March 1st. No card required. One of the big stories coming into our last episode was the cancellation of Dead & Company's Playing in the Sand destination events in Mexico. We were starting to wonder whether the pandemic would lead to more destination event cancellations, but thankfully Dark Star Orchestra pulled off Jam in the Sand, while Wilco and Government Mule are both in the middle of their own events at the time of this recording. Dark Star Orchestra's Jamaican Jam in the Sand was held at Jewel Paradise Cove in Runaway Bay, Jamaica, between January 11th and 15th. The Grateful Dead Tribute Act headlined the event with four complete concerts. On the first night, the band recreated the Dead's May 7th, 1978 set list, and went with the Dead's May 6th, 1978 set list for the second night. Then DSO put together elective set list for the last two nights of their ninth Jam in the Sand event. 
Former Dark Star Orchestra guitarist John Katalisic reunited with his old bandmates as part of the finale on January 14th. John Kay led them through Lazy River Road, and he was on hand at the event to perform with Melvin Seals and JGB. Jewel Paradise Cove is now hosting Government Mule's Island Exodus 12. Warren Haynes and company continued a tradition for their Jamaican events by welcoming special guest Ron Holloway on saxophone for their first two performances. Holloway helped the band and both of their sets on Sunday, January 17th, and also contributed to an encore featuring covers of ZZ Top's Jesus Just Left Chicago and the Rolling Stones' Brown Sugar. Sadly, Monday night's Mule concert was canceled due to inclement weather. And while a hard rain fell on Tuesday night, the band was able to pull off an extended one-set show that included a lengthy encore. Ron Holloway was on sax for a number of songs on Tuesday, such as Reblow Your Horn, The Joker, Soul Shine, and Dreams. Additionally, the saxophone is added to a jam on The Grateful Dead's The Other One. Meanwhile, Wilco is down in Mexico, headlining the second installment of their Sky Blue Sky destination event at the Hard Rock Hotel in Riviera Maya. Keyboardist Michael Jorgensen tested positive for COVID-19 and is out for Sky Blue Sky, or at least through Wilco's first two shows. The band recruited Liam Kazar and Ohms, Macy Stewart, and Seema Cunningham to replace Jorgensen, and the three musicians swapped in and out in various formations throughout Monday and Tuesday's shows. Tuesday's Wilco concert also saw Soccer Mommy lead the band through Pot Kettle Black, Kurt Vile front passenger side, and the legendary Mavis Staples on lead vocals for an encore of You Are Not Alone and Freedom Highway. I'm excited to see how Wilco's going to end Sky Blue Sky on Friday night. With destination event season underway and festival season starting soon, now is the perfect time to explore Jambase's updated festival guide. You can find music festivals near you with our new Music Festival Finder. Search by locale, dates, or genre to discover the perfect festival for you and your friends to attend. Jambase has the internet's most comprehensive online music festival guide, with listings for over a thousand festivals worldwide. Dig into our individual festival pages for all the info on lineups, ticketing, and even lodging options. Head to jambase.com festivals to check it out. Now, let's get back to my interview with Paul and Anders from Green Sky Bluegrass. I talked with the guys via video chat last week as Paul was home in Colorado while Anders was at his place in Nashville. We started by discussing the pandemic and the disappointment that came with having to cancel their New Year's run after members of their team tested positive for COVID-19. Green Sky was able to play a two-night run at Denver's Mission Ballroom earlier this month, and the guys spoke about deciding not to fit any covers into the set list besides Odd Lang Syne. They also discussed the special sound check set that they performed to raise funds for victim of the Marshall's fire. Talk then turned to Stress Dreams. Paul and Andres recalled the early sessions for the album held in Guilford, Vermont back in 2020, and how they developed the material for the LP. Stress Dreams include songs by Beck and bassist Mike Dial. Paul explained the approach he takes to singing material penned by his bandmates. The guys also discussed the challenge of having five band members, a producer, and engineer all have differing opinions on what works best for each song and the album in general. 
Green Sky tapped frequent collaborators Dominic Davis and Glenn Brown to produce and engineer Stress Dreams. Hoffman and Beck talked about the decision to bring Davis and Brown back and the possibility of working with different producers in the future. Additional topics that we hit upon were the sequencing of the album, adapting the songs for the stage, and Green Sky's upcoming tour with the infamous String Dusters. Listen to the start of the title track from Stress Dreams as the intro to my conversation with Green Sky Bluegrass's Paul Hoffman and Anders Beck. I've been working for hours and I'm missing the mark For my day even start When my boy cries to me in the dark Try to stretch it out slowly But to start the day knowing that it ends in my bed Soaked in sweat, all these wheels still turning in my head It's been a few years. Uh, welcome back, uh, Paul Hoffman and Anders Beck of Green Sky Bluegrass to the Jam Base Podcast. Uh, Paul, how's it going? It's going, man. Here we are. We're chatting. I appreciate that. Exactly. Anders, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing pretty damn good. Thanks. Excellent. You know, all, all craziness aside, I'm happy and, and pretty healthy. Absolutely. And I am glad to hear that. And uh, we'll just stay on the COVID for a, a little bit here, but but get through through that. But um, you guys have um, stress streams coming. But before we, we, we talk about that, you were recently forced to cancel your New Year's run due to the latest spike of, of COVID cases. Um, w- what happened on your end? When did you realize you were going to have to make that decision? We actually had we actually had COVID in our camp. Um, you know, it's, it's certainly scary out there, but we canceled because we had some people that we were having a hard time replacing for the shows. Um, and it just kind of seems like that's the name of the game right now. It's uh, it's tricky. We want to be out there playing. Um, we're going to play our tour that's coming up. You know, I don't know when this is airing, but uh, yeah, it should, should be right tour. before you hit the road. Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing everything we can do to stay safe. You know, making personal choices in our lives to not see our friends and stuff because we want to see each other and play music for people. <laughs> um, it's uh, you know, it's like it's. I feel weird saying that we're making sacrifices for the one thing because we're also going to be rewarded for those sacrifices. Hopefully, by being able to play. Um, you know, we're taking tests, we're wearing masks, and we're we're just trying to keep the show alive. Uh, it's like we're ready we're ready to try you know um we've had this record coming out for a while we had this tour book last year and it's kind of carried over so yeah we um you know we're we've been working our ass off asses off to well not talk about the record but we've been working our asses off to be able to play shows you know and it's like there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into it to to essentially make that bubble on tour. And then when you get home, make that bubble again. I mean, 
and it, we're probably not that much different than a lot of people in their work. Um, you know, except for when we go on tour, we all, there's 12 people in a tour bus, you know, it's a like pretty close quarters. Um, but you know, we're, we take it pretty seriously. Like Paul said, for the, for the goal of getting to play music for people and, and for ourselves, you know, um, Absolutely. It must have felt really good. We're, we're recording this about a week after you played a, a couple of shows in, in Denver. Um, and you were able, thankfully, to play those shows. And that must have felt like such a great release. Uh, am I right, Paul? But man, it was a ton of fun. Like, you know, going into it, there was there's just so much noise right now with with everything. Like everybody's like we we want to make people happy. That's why we play music, including ourselves. And we've had, you know, we had some people that were feeling uncomfortable coming and wanted refunds and we want to make them happy. And, you know, we have the venue staff who hasn't been able to work and they're hurting to pay their mortgage. We want to make them happy. We have people who aren't afraid to come out and wear a mask. We want to make them happy. And it's just like, all that is like, I mean, that's just, that's not why we, it's not why we started. It's what we have to do now. We just want to go out there and write a good set list and stuff. And we're forced to like weigh all these choices now. That's like, it's, it's pretty heavy sometimes, but yeah. I will say that the, you know, the moment we walked out on stage and started playing music, all that stuff left my mind. And I saw a room full of people that wanted us to play music and myself included. Um, I think we all had a good time. You know, that said, it's like, it's a little risky out there. And I was making a joke with a friend of mine. It's like, you used to come to a two night green sky run and, know for sure that your Sunday was going to be pretty hit and maybe your Monday was going to be rough, but like the, some of those people you have to like, be like, well, maybe I'm going to have to take a whole week off work if I get COVID. And, you know, I'm not necessarily advocating for that, but I think there's a funny joke there to make light of how just messed up it is, you know, like, but for some yeah. people it's worth, it's worth that choice. And I want to be there for that person too. So. Yeah. I think, you know, Paul and I, I mean, I think we talked about this at the start of this whole thing. Um, but, um, it's weird, like to, and I think Paul put it better, but we're, we're like, not, we're not necessarily equipped to like make these decisions for like public health and we can do our best and, and we certainly care, but it's like, man, we're just, we play, we're supposed to play music. That was the idea of this whole thing, you know? And, and Absolutely. when this whole start, when this whole thing started, uh, Paul and I, we played, we were, we did a thing called fab, which is Paul and I, and, and, um, some friends usually. And, uh, and it was on this occasion, it was, uh, Billy strings and Todd Harrington, um, was the, was the four piece of this band. We played one show. We rehearsed for two days and then played one show in Fort Collins and started to drive up to the next show in Dillon, Colorado. And, all of a sudden we're like canceling a show for the first time ever. Cause this thing is just, you know, remember when it started? I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy. Right. And we're like driving up, we're driving up the mountain and being like, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? And there was just no answer that we had, you know, um, it was, it was really crazy and it still remains. So um, yeah, absolutely. Remember that feeling being, remember that Paul? <laughs> it, was, it was a crazy day, man. It, it's yeah. wild that, that we're now um, nearly two years from that and it's still something that we're dealing with every day and um 
And then on another hand, there was, um, you know, fires in uh, Boulder, not too far from from where Paul is in Denver. And um, I love that that you guys played a a special set list, a special sound check set um, to raise funds for um, some of the the people that were were affected by those uh, fires. Um, How did that set come together? I believe it was Don's suggestion from AEG um, Mission Ballroom. You know, Don's we were Rosberg. putting together the auction with uh, Conscious Alliance too, and yeah, just I mean, and we 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 wanted we were we had sort of decided that we want to do something. We want to try and do something to help, right? And then um, it all it all came together swimmingly and quickly, which was awesome. And um, yeah, Don and, and BJ Conscious Alliance and all those folks um really jumped into gear and it was awesome um we raised a lot of money i mean i don't i don't know the exact number but i hear i heard that it's pretty big which is awesome uh that's excellent but, well done you know, it was a crazy thing all those houses burning down i mean paul's closer to it than i am but man it was devastating i was tuned in watching <clears throat> watching live on the news all day i actually um randomly checked in with annabelle that morning Annabelle and texted, I texted her and said that how's the fan? She lives in that area. Um, I mean, which made me think when the three of us talking, like we, and in, in yesteryears, right about this time of year, we would all be getting off jam oh, cruise, absolutely trying to sleep for four <laughs> days straight. Killing me. Uh, but yeah, I, I randomly texted her that morning and I was like, how's the family doing? And she was like, there's smoke. We're leaving our house. And I was, I thought she was joking about something. And I was like, what? <sighs> I'm like, I didn't even know. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of a surreal feeling. We we're just knowing that there was nothing that anyone could do. I can't imagine. Uh, we have another friend who's a firefighter who was on the ground with a team and those guys couldn't do anything because of the wind. And I just can't imagine what that felt like for so many people to watch that happen and just be helpless. Uh, absolutely. I think it's. I lived in Colorado for a long time in Durango and there's wildfires all the time. And, and like, in the mountains, it sort of makes a little more sense, but these are, these are like, these towns are like on the flatlands. Like, you know, it's, it's so surreal and just crazy. I mean, uh, scary and sad and a lot of emotions. So we're glad that we could, we could do something to help out a little bit. Um, felt, Absolutely. Felt really good, you know? Absolutely. And then you guys played two shows as, as we've been discussing and outside of odd lang sign, um, you guys, played strictly originals was that the game plan coming into the run uh honor suggested it recently and uh i loved the idea you know i I talked about it in an interview earlier today and i I felt funny saying that i was (laughs) i felt funny saying how surprised that i was surprised how fun it was uh you know like our original (laughs) but you know the thing is like our original music is we have to play that. That's what we do. And then the, the covers that we sprinkle in and the, you know, the music our friends wrote that we play that stuff we particularly picked because it's fun to play. So like, like Breadbox, for example, I love friggin' playing that. Uh, when I get my hands on you, I love playing that. So when those are on the set list, I'm stoked because I chose them for our repertoire or honors chose Breadbox, but, uh, because they're fun. Um, 
but man, I had a great time just playing all of our original music up there. Um, you do sound so surprised. <laughs> I sound surprised, right? It was, it was fun. Maybe we should do it more often. I don't know. <laughs> when the guilt's too heavy to carry, the need becomes more necessary to release all the longs to be free. There's nothing else that I've discovered like suffering for another that washes over the emptiness in me cause i want to do right more than anything i do and i'm burning my desire to make heat for you i hope to show a little light that can guide you through. yeah i mean it's, <clears throat> it's certainly you know like paul said the covers when we play them they're are there for a reason that reason is generally fun you know or sure. or a jam vehicle or something you know um and uh so writing the set lists were you know it, it, i wouldn't say it was hard it was only two shows it wasn't hard but you know you take some t- take some things off the table and it just makes the equation a little different you know um but uh it was fun it felt good we have a lot of songs you know absolutely and, and, and adding uh, more <laughs> yeah what song, um, how many how many songs do you think are on the on the play like playable list without really rehearsing, Paul? Probably close to two fifty, something like that. I think maybe I don't know. I was like, trying to think of what the what the originals would be. Yeah. What is this like? Our this is our eighth record, so the just original songs alone has got to be like close to a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, now, to, now I'm I'm interviewing you now, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, just no, spoiler. It's, Spoiler alert, Andre suggested we do it for the whole winter tour. And my my first thought was that that would be really hard. And I mean, we clearly would have to repeat songs more. We're talking to jam-based podcasts here. This is the place for this conversation, you know. But um, I I realized that with the new record, we're going to be repeating those songs pretty regularly. So because we wanted people to hear the new songs. So this idea of playing all original songs, um, I don't know. Yeah, and we I think, don't play that many covers per set or per show anyway. Right. But um, but you take some of the bluegrass stuff off the table, like traditional bluegrass songs. You know, that's that are thrown in there a lot. I mean, it's. I mean, I think the the thing becomes. If, you know, I, I thought of trying to do this for the whole tour, like Paul said, and um, you know, there there would inevitably be inevitably inevitably be more repeats, um, and therein lies the the jam band rub. Yeah. You know, because when we're when we're playing when we're on tour we'll do four at least four nights with no repeats like without fail um barring a new record like we're about to do but sure you know it would always be it would always be four nights at least four nights with no repeats which um is awesome you know that's uh except for when you really want to play a song uh, and you played it on wednesday or something but um i sort of I'm curious to know what the reaction of people would be if there's more repeats, but less covers or maybe people. I mean, if we do it, we'll see. Yeah, yeah but, absolutely. Um, I think people love, love you guys for your music. And I think the, the covers are, are fun, but um, when you've got such a big repertoire of originals and you, you haven't got to play as many shows as you usually do, um, I can certainly understand want, wanting to play them, and I would hope people would appreciate that. 
Well, uh, let's get into Stress Dreams, which is the the new album, and um, it it features songs by uh, a, a, a number of, of different band members. Um, you know, Mike, uh, your your bassist, Mike Deval, um wrote a number of songs for that. Um, uh, let, let's go back to the to the beginning. Uh, how did the process start? Of um, I, I believe you guys started exchanging a, a, as you were dealing with the the start of COVID. H- how did the, the 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 process start for for Stress Dreams? Well, we were um, we have to really plan to make records because we tour so much, and we were planning to make a record starting in May of 2020. Um, and we'd been pretty busy touring. So we didn't have, you know, I don't think we had all the, enough material done to make a record yet, but the plan was that we were going to just, I think maybe more so with this record than anyone before, we were just going to start recording. And then when we had a record, we'd release it, you know, like um, we weren't necessarily going in to make a full length record from the get go. We were just going to start recording, um, which has sort of never been our, um, method there's always like this pressure to have a new thing out um and to have like the next talking piece soundbite you know sorry my washer's beeping back there i can't tell uh, how you okay, can I was wondering it'll what that was it'll be done soon um if i get closer to it, it'll just be louder so whatever <laughs> uh, yeah so we were gonna start in may and you know when the gig started going away we were like well at least we get to make a record but then in may it wasn't really safe for us to get together so um we kept pushing that back and you know, through the summer, we started kind of starting to share demos with each other um, over email and then learning them without us, um, which is kind of a point I haven't really talked about too much. It's really interesting to just like, you know, Duvall sending us these demos. Man, is that going to stop? Um, and I, uh, you know, we would we would be sitting there learning them without the rest of the, we all learned them alone, um, which is kind of an interesting uh caveat to like how we all ingested the music normally it's like we'd be sitting in a green room or something on tour and and someone would be like hey let me guys show you one of these songs for the that we're going to work on later and we would all be sitting there and i would show them all the song or something um yeah so we just kind of started remotely like that and then we started getting together um we got together and did like some pre-production work and in july was this in vermont this was in uh, St. Louis while we did the leap year sessions. We did okay. like a virtual thing for people. Um, and part of the motive to even get together and do that was so that we could start working on tunes for the record. Okay. And then we did it again in August. We got together in Colorado. Um, and then we started recording in September. We spent more time with this music than we ever have before. Um, and it was just fun. Like just being able to play together. We weren't playing any shows. So we just were learning and writing songs. And where uh, I, I know that there was a, a site in Vermont that uh, was uh, w- where you first started recording the album. Can can you tell me about uh, that that place? Yeah, honors. You want to talk about Guilford? Uh, the first place we went to is uh, Guilford Recording Studio, and um, <laughs> we went we went and recorded in Vermont. But not at the barn, to be clear. Um, it was like, oh, Vermont, you go, and it's like, no, there's man, there's other studios there, everybody. Come on. <laughs> um, and um, the place is amazing. Uh, 
it's pretty new. Um, and we, 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 um, stayed on site at this like earthship kind of thing. And it was like really nice, um, and beautiful studio, beautiful site. And it was fall in Vermont, you know, like the leaves were turning and just, it felt great. And we hadn't really seen each other for a while. And, um, due to, due to COVID going on, the way COVID was at those times, they didn't, the people who ran the studio kind of were afraid of us and we were sort of afraid of them, you know, it was that time when, sure. so they kind of just handed us the keys, which was awesome. Um, and, um, and, uh, so we had, uh, Glenn Brown, our engineer and producer and Dominic Davis, our, our other producer there with us. And, um, you know, we, we kind of got to work and it was a new place for us. We've the last two, at least records we've done, um, in Asheville at Echo Mountain, where we did, we did, um, the second half of this record, but being in a new place, I think had a really good energy for us and such a, such a unique, cool, like Vermont, you know, Northeastern fall vibe place. Um, I think just being somewhere different really, really affected us, I believe in a really great way as we started making the album. Um, but how did you find that place? Um, Glenn, Glenn Brown, our engineer, uh, sort of gave us a gave us a short list of places that were acceptable to him uh he's okay he's a he's a wizard and um and i really mean that he's but you know the engineer studio guys and engineer guys they're very particular about what kind of stuff they want to work on and what gear and everything they need and um and so he sort of presented us with some places that he would like to work or or would be okay working at um but you know i joke about it but it you know, he's on the team and, and he's the one making the sounds, <laughs> making our sounds sound bigger and better and everything. So he kind of, he made the call and uh, it was, it was great. Excellent. And I, I can imagine it must've been just so special to spend so much time together. And was it literally just the band and Dominic and uh, Glenn or how, how many, uh, who, who, how many other people were, were at the sessions? There's, there's also Dylan, our photographer. Right. Um, to document everything. And he's our buddy. Uh, and Maddie was there, our manager. And it's basically that's it. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. We were alone, pretty much alone in the studio. It was a fun. We went there two weeks, I think, that first session. Like, yeah. and it was, it was gorgeous out. Like, it was, it was warm, awesome. Fall. <laughs> In New yeah. England or Northeast, I don't know if they call Vermont New England, but sure, yeah. you guys could probably correct me there. <clears throat> no, no, you're good. <laughs> it was an amazing experience. And um, did you always know that there would be sessions in Asheville um, to to follow, or did you did did those get booked later? Uh, we were sort of winging it as we were going along, um, and you know, we like, we were developing all the material <clears throat> as we were going and really taking our time with it more than we have. And, you know, we, like, like I said, we weren't trying to necessarily meet a deadline until we had a record, which is kind of a new, um, was a new model for us, um, a little less stressful. And as we started to close in on the end of our session, it was clear we were going to need more time. We hadn't gotten all the music and we hadn't finished everything. Um, and the thing about the Guilford site was that some of the housing, we stayed in this newer building, this earthship thing they built with like a 
green roof and it was this modern really awesome building it was fun um and the some oh, of the other Iceland. guys yeah like what you think of and yeah totally you know, anyway. <laughs> Sorry to instagram house um but they're also the property is this old farm property and they're the old farmhouse is on the property that i think was built in like 1890 something or whatever it was like several hundred year old house um and some of the guys were staying in that and there's no heat in it so uh Oof. we were there in september and we wanted to come back we kept trying to talk them into letting us come back in october but they were like there's not going to be any heat it's going to be too cold um so we went to Asheville um instead and we love that place. So it was good to get back there as well. When we stay there, we also stay in a house together. So it's a similar, similar kind of experience. And I think that's sort of our, our vibe. Like it's like summer campy and I, that sounds funny, that's but great. that's just who we are. I'm jealous. Um, <laughs> that sounds fun as hell. Yeah, it was, it, it really is. When we, when we go to the studio, it's like, yeah, it's, it's summer campy. That's a great way to describe it. You know, it's, it's really fun. It's also a hell of a lot of work um, and it's intense and, you know, there's great triumphs and, and, um, long days and some failures or whatever, you know, um, a lot of dynamics, but with the five of us and, and then the seven of us making records, you know, it's, it's a really, really fun vibe and, and good vibe. You know, it's like, we're, we're pretty much five best friends, man. <laughs> like, and so we all go hang out and make a record and it's, um, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing and fun and feel certainly lucky to get to do it that way. And so how does it go, you know, when you're talking about five guys and then you bring um, Dominic and Glenn into the equation, um, how did it go in, in terms of sequencing the album? Was that a conversation that you all seven of you participated in together? Sort of. Um, usually it's like a couple of us that do that kind of thing, the set list guys. With this record, we actually did a blind um, vote. I forgot about this sort of until you just asked. Oh, we wow. All, we all, I totally forgot about all, it too, yeah. We all put it in. We, it's kind of, a, it's a, just a weird thing to do sometimes, you know, and like um, we all put in a separate order um, and then our producer, Dominic, uh, compiled it. And it was really interesting to see how many similarities there were. Um, and yeah, then from was, there, we sort of delegated over it. Like the vote never, the vote's never enough. There's always because, delegation after yeah. the vote. But. Because there were, there were more, there were more tunes than made the record, you know, which is, was interesting as well. Um, oh yeah. Cause we weren't just picking the order. We were also picking the songs. Uh, yeah. yeah. How, how yeah. many songs would you say were up for consideration? Close mm. to 20, I think. Wow. Um, there's, a, there's one, there's some that we didn't, haven't really finished yet. Um, we, right. So we didn't, we didn't finish them partially because we didn't choose them. Um, but there's a couple that aren't done. There's a couple that are kind of done that we might release later as like a EP or something. I don't know. We're trying to figure out what to do with it. Um, you know, and strangely because we're not out playing a bunch of shows, there doesn't seem to be as persistent of a need for it. I mean, I'm sure our fans would disagree if they heard me say this on this podcast. Sure. They'd be like, give me the music right now. Yes. I need it. But, um, but yeah, if we, if we had been playing shows, they probably would have just gone right to stage, you know? Um, but yeah, I forgot about the, the voting and um, it's uh, interesting process, putting it, putting in a sequence together, um, you know, and I, I, I think, yeah, I think 
it, it, it is fascinating. It's, it's amazing and fun. And I usually end up being, I'm usually the outlier, but I've got my own sequence. That I feel really strongly about, and, uh, <laughs> Guess what? Nobody else feels that way. <laughs> but I, we, use, the boy, we use some of your ideas. But boy, do I lobby for it hard and annoy the hell out of everyone when I do it. <laughs> um, like, and I was, it's funny. I think back on some of the, on some of the albums and stuff and like, <laughs> like on All For Money, I wanted to put All For Money first, that song. <laughs> and like, nobody else did. And it may be a terrible idea, but I still, <laughs> I still think of it that way. Um, but, you know, it's, it's fun and it's, I think a lot of the decisions, um, you know, it, traditionally, you know, Paul was writing more and more of the songs. A lot of it came down to sort of his, his vision for the way they kind of fit together. And then here all of a sudden there's more writers and, um, and it wasn't like, um, it wasn't like, Oh, I want my song first or anything like that. It was just, just more cooks in the kitchen, which is awesome. I think, you know, and, and, and again, exciting. But I would assume leads to some tense moments at points. Or have you guys figured figured it out enough to know how to deal with the dynamics? Yeah, I don't I don't feel like we get that. T- we disagree a lot. Don't get me wrong. But uh, it's not that tense. Like we're good. all we're all like we're, we're OK. Paul, to Paul and I mostly. <laughs> yeah. And we're good at it. We're good at disagreeing. Yeah. <laughs> I particularly like the way the album ends. I like um, with how Grow Together kind of works into Reasons to Stay. Um, that's that's my favorite part of the sequence of, of the album. And, uh, but do you wish it were first? <laughs> <laughs> you got saying like are there any tense moments or anything like that i mean one of the one of the deals is like like i you know i wrote a song for the record and i'm a terrible singer right and so then <laughs> in the song monument um that i wrote with my friend chris um Gilbuda, you know i'm i'm now pitching it to paul to sing <laughs> and then it's like you know it's it's weird because there's a couple songs on this album where paul sings them and and either I wrote it or Duvall wrote it. And it's, it's interesting and a new phenomenon, I think for us on some level where because Paul's singing it and traditionally writes most of the music, like people will assume that Paul wrote this song. And so he's putting his voice into it and therefore like putting his somehow like putting himself on the line, you know, <laughs> like, um, and luckily I think they're all good, good songs. Like he didn't, <laughs> you know, um, but it was a, it was an interesting new dynamic, uh, and maybe Paul could talk to that a little bit. I don't know. I thought it was. 
Yeah, how is yeah. it to get get a song? Let's use Monument as an example, which is so such a great tune, and I, I love the way that you debuted it um, or or played it pretty early on at Red Rocks and and shared the story of of how it came together and that you were um, expecting that this would be the triumph post COVID <laughs> yeah. you know song that it didn't quite go go that way, but you did get to play it at Red yeah. Rocks. So, so Paul, what, what, what was, how do you bring yourself to a song by another songwriter? Uh, you know, like when we talk about the cover thing earlier and, um, it's not a new thing for me to sort of personalize someone else's song. A lot of those songs we play are, um, I've sort of made my own in some, some way or put them in my own voice. Um, it was interesting working with you know, these Duvall songs and Anders songs, because it's, it was just the reverse dynamic, you know, normally it's my songs and then they're giving input on them and stuff like that. Um, and it was, it was interesting for me to be on the other side of that, giving input on someone else's song. <clears throat> um, and also I think maybe having a, a different understanding of what their side, what the writer's side is like, cause it's been me for so long. And that that process has sort of changed through the years. And like in earlier years, I would bring a song to the band and when they wanted to change it, there's like ego and a territorial feeling, um, pride in what I'd written, you know, a younger songwriter. And the more I wrote for the band, the less attached I became to everything I wrote, I would bring stuff that was just like a puddle of an idea and be like, all right, let's turn this into an ice sculpture together. You know, <laughs> um, uh, and so it was kind of a, a revisit of some of those earlier feelings for me with some, with these guys, cause they, they were their ideas and they were some of their first song ideas for the band. So, um, you know, like navigating that is, is a really big part of playing music with someone else that are being creative with someone else, like being sensitive to their creativity while also wanting to make it the best you can for all of us. Um, just, you know, and we have a 20 year dynamic as a band. Um, and just, you know, it was, it was fun to navigate at times we didn't agree on things. And it was interesting, you know, it was interesting. for me as, for me as a new songwriter, like if fuck yeah, ego was there. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And, and I've watched you become less attached to that. And uh, it's interesting, you know, to really, to see that other side of it too, you know, I mean, and I think when in relation to covers, like, <laughs> like Paul was saying, like, um, if, if you're, I mean, Bruce Hornsby isn't in the room with you when you're playing one of his songs or then you decide how to decide how to arrange it or how to like, you know, how to, how to sing it your own way, you know, but if it's my song or Duvall's song, like we're there, you know, it's, and it's like, a, it's a, the, it's a really interesting dynamic and I, I certainly enjoyed it and I think it worked out really well. I mean, cause you know, Paul and Dave are the, the voices of green sky, you know, and and um, we didn't want to really like go in and have a, I mean, not, obviously I shouldn't sing anything, but you know, if, if Duvall goes in and sings like four new songs on a record, that'd be weird. Not bad, but weird, I think, you know? And like, um, so, you know, I, I think that the sharing aspect of it was really cool too, to, to like bring it together and, and work together on that stuff and say, how do we make this the best we possibly can as a group of five people, you know? Same sale, take a single one for granted. 
stop the wheel no matter how hard we try you can build a castle but it crumbles to a cave funny how money looks just like a grave don't know what you're holding when it's right there in your hand no matter where you're going where you've been you might wind up with yeah, it's a, and I think it's important. We kind of been touching on this like disagreement, um, collaboration concept too. And I think it's like, it's what makes our band so strong too, is just like that to understand that if we all just agreed all the time, that it would be like complacency or something. And like, we wouldn't, we challenge each other when we disagree with each other. And that's what makes it better and stronger. Yeah. And it's awesome. It sounds like you guys have figured out how to navigate that without taking it so personally that it leads to um, a negative uh, outcome um, and and realize that you're doing it all for the song, um, if, if I may uh, borrow a, uh, a title. <laughs> yeah, it's anything more than more than really like we'll butt heads for a while and then then it just becomes a joke, <laughs> you know, like yeah. we, that's how we navigate stuff. You know, we're, we're bros <laughs> and it's like, eventually it just settles into where it is. And I think Paul's right over time. We've all gotten much better at that, you know, disassociating ourselves from our ideas that we think are absolutely right, you know, and, and working together. And um, you have now worked with Dominic and Glenn a, a, a couple of times um, when you decided that you were going to start work on the follow up to All for Money. Did you give any consideration to going with a different team of producers? Uh, we did. You know, um, we love Dominic. Um, no disrespect to him, but we, we talked about some other people that we would think about asking. Um, and inevitably, I think we, I don't even think we talked to anyone. we made a list and we, we internally discussed who else we might want to speak with. Um, but I think because of COVID again, um, you know, again, no disrespect to Dominic, not like we chose Dominic because of COVID, but, sure. um, Dominic is the, I'll say something great about him then. Uh, the great thing about him is he's, he's kind of just an extension of us in a lot of ways. We've known him for a really long time. Um, he works for the band. Otherwise, um, he does like some day to day, like assistant management kind of stuff for us. And so having him there, is just kind of like having more of us. Um, and we're, we've always sort of been intrigued by the idea of having like an outsider. Um, we're scared of it too. Um, but we wonder what that would be like. Um, Glenn is very much one of us. We've only made like one record that Glenn didn't do something to the early records. He just mastered, but um, he's been engineering records for us since handguns. Wow. So over 10 years. Absolutely. That's that's a really good point that, you know, Dominic is like, he's just kind of a, a sixth opinion. He's not, you know, he's not coming in and saying, I'm the producer. This is how, this is how I think it should be. And I, and I, I know some producers will do that. Um, and I think that scares the shit out of me. Um, you know, I, you know, whether it's egotistical or cocky or not, I think that we know our band the best. And I think that we can so far 
and I guess I've never, we've never really tried that much with anyone else. We've had, we've had some other people around, but you know, I think that us in control of our records is the best way to do it that we've found so far. And Dominic is like Paul said, just sort of an extension of, of that. And Glenn certainly is as well. Um, and I like, I don't know. I'm, I'm terrified of making a record with someone we don't really know. Um, maybe it'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I see it, uh, both ways, but it's a beautiful thing that you found these two guys that are an extension of what you've built, uh, in these, these 20 years, the, the, the five of you guys. Now let let's talk uh, briefly about these songs. Now you're about to go on tour. Um, a- as an example, uh, the other night in Denver, you debuted "New and Improved." Um, it's been a while since you recorded the album. How did it go getting it ready for the stage? Uh, it went pretty good. We have. Uh, we have a lot of work cut out for ourselves. I mean, it happens every time we make a record because it, it's it been a long time since we played the song together. And um, quite often, and quite honestly, we've sort of never played it together uh, the way it actually goes. Because we sort of, we compose in the studio quite a bit. Like we put down the bones of the song and then we start to pull pieces away and, and put new pieces in and play new parts. And, um, you know, like... We might honors might track his Dobro part one way for the whole song. And then we decide after recording it, that it should be a different way. And then he replays it a different way. So then in theory, we've never played it together the way it goes um, in some cases more than others, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's suddenly now we have a, the records coming out next week and, you know, partially due to our new year show going away and stuff like that. We like, we got to hurry up and throw a couple of these songs back together. Um, I'm going to go over to Dave's at some point. <laughs> yeah, all of them. We got to play them all. Going to go over to Dave's this weekend, and Dave and I are going to kind of do a little bit of playing through together. Um, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, and on some uh, on a fair amount of stuff, there's. Well, I, I was I was doing my homework today, and there's you know there's two Dobros on a lot of things because something is like the kind of the base, like this thick kind of dobro sound and then there's something floaty or ethereal that we added in the background um just to just to fat it up or make it more interesting you know studio studio magic right yeah, and i'm absolutely. listening i'm like okay how about how do i do this you know um and it's it's a really it's a fun process um but it was a long time ago when we recorded these songs sure. <laughs> uh, and i've listened to them a million times that doesn't always equate to playing them <laughs> it's like i could i could sing you everybody else's parts but probably not my own <laughs> you know it's a but and i'm sure yeah. they take on a life of their own after you've played them a few times yeah excellent well coming up um you guys are about to go on the road and you're going on the road with the infamous string dusters um can you talk about uh, your relationship with those guys? It's a long time uh, in the making this tour. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're been... familiar with you're familiar with Tupac and Biggie, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what uh, I was thinking about. We've uh, we've always wanted. That's great. That's perfect, Paul. We've always wanted to start uh, some sort of like East Coast West Coast like bluegrass rivalry, and like just you know, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't quite done it yet. But maybe this will be the tour. <laughs> but 
Um, you know, the yeah, dusters, yeah. the dusters are amazing. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're one of the most, I mean, the, as a group of people, they're probably the most technically proficient, best musicians I know. <laughs> um, you know, and it's like, like they're scary good. And they're also like a bunch of our best friends. And so it's, it's fun. And, you know, we play music, you know, when we're at festivals, we all jam together and um, we've never done a tour like this together. Uh, and I'm excited. I think, you know, playing after them every night, is going to be awesome. I mean, it's going it, to like, it's going to push us, you know, cause I'm sure they're going to be coming for scalps, you know, and like, <laughs> Absolutely. And, like and, and it's going to push us to, to be our best, you know, like, and then getting to see them every night. I mean, like they're just, there's some of the most badass bluegrass musicians that there are, you know, really. Um, and it's been, it's been really fun. I mean, Travis, the bass, their bass players, one of my best friends and we've been in bands. We were in bands since we were, I don't even know, 25 years old or something together. And, um, and so getting to hang out on that level with our, with my friends is amazing, but, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of music being played. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people on tour too. Uh, but like I said, super excited about it. And, you know, you know, they're, they're fired up too because we were just at strings and soul in Mexico, which is a, our festival down there. Um, the cloud nine event. And we all got to hang out and we're talking about this tour and, uh, the vibes are vibes are high. Excellent. And it's a good value for music fans at a time when they could really use a good value. It's all, <laughs> they're getting a lot of music and get to see a lot of notes, man. A lot of notes coming at you <laughs> at the same time. And I'm hoping uh, there will be some collaborations that come out of it because uh, I love hearing the mix of of your two bands together. Yeah. Excellent, gentlemen. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, well done on the album and uh, stay safe out there um, as, as best you can. And as uh, talked about before we started recording this, uh, you guys have a pair of shows at Pier 17 here in New York City that have been on the books literally for two years. I'm so excited for this summer for them to finally happen. Yeah, we are too. <laughs> Party on the rooftop. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's few there's few places where on my spot my spot on stage I can see the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> it's like it's freaking ridiculous, man. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Awesome. Oh, let me stop. Well, stay stay safe. This. Stay safe, everybody, and we'll you know hope to hang out in person sometime eventually. <laughs> and, um, it's always good to hear your voice and see your face, man. Appreciate you. Try to stretch it out slowly To start the day knowing That it ends in my bed Soaked in sweat All these wheels still turning in my head It's harder to keep Take these straps, 
dreams away of this episode of the Jam Base Podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for more awesome interviews we have coming up soon. I also want to thank Jake Alexander for producing and Paul and Anders for chatting with me. Green Sky Bluegrass's stellar Stress Dreams album comes out everywhere on Friday, January 21st. Be sure to pick it up wherever you get your music. Be well, my friends, and if you're able to do so safely, go see live music.